0: As I read this text of scripture, I'm asking that you would listen very closely and even speak to me afterwards because I, wanna, I want you to listen to this. When I read the text, you've got to tell me or at least someone has to tell me what you heard when I read it, what stood out for you in the text. Can we do that? Okay. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ or little babies. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a fallen human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not? being merely human or worldly? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to you. I planted, a polis watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labour. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, can somebody just tell me one thing that stood out for them in that reading? Please don't be afraid or shy. Only God can grow. Excellent. So, a person may preach, but the growth is actually up to God. Very good. Anybody else? Right. Yes, he does. He gives you milk. But should you remain on milk? So milk's good when you're a little baby and that's what he does. So in Sunday school this morning, the kids got milk and tomorrow night in confirmation class, they get milk but we'll see that you're actually to go on to meat. So if you could go back, Paul, back to the, the image I had there. I really wanted to put the 10 kilo barramundi that I caught recently over on that side to show off to you and say what would you rather eat but I couldn't get it up there. Doesn't happen all the time but I really wanted Mark to see it, Gaylene. What would you prefer? The milk or that beautiful baked dinner? Okay. What if I came into your house and your 15 year old boy was being nursed with a bottle of milk. Would that be a bit strange? What about a 25-year-old man or woman drinking baby's milk? bit strange? That's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, when you're a baby, when you're a young Christian, milk is fantastic. But milk is only for babies. There is a time where you digest that milk as Jenna knows and as little Charlotte knows but Charlotte's going to cry out for McDonald's one day. She's going to say, give me a happy meal. I don't want that milk. And you're going to say, no, we're going to have vegetables and fish. So, Paul's using very simple language to describe the way in which believers are to be in their Christian faith. Now, before I go into that, I'm going to say one thing. When there was a Reformation and you got the Lutheran Church, prior to the Lutheran Church, the way people interpreted the Scriptures was they looked at the Scriptures and they tried to spiritualise them or make them kind of analogies. And Luther said, no, we need to find a way to interpret scripture. And the way that he did it was law and gospel. Who's heard of that? So, a right distinction of law and a right distinction of gospel. A mature Christian, one who's got their faculties, knows the difference between law and gospel. An immature Christian hasn't actually learnt the difference. So, if I say to you this morning, you are in right relationship with God by faith in Jesus Christ and no matter what you do, you can't be any more righteous in God's eyes than what you are now. Is that law or gospel? Right. Over the years, has that been easy for you to digest? No. So, why are the Corinthians still babies in Christ then? What are they not properly digesting? The Gospel. They're not properly digesting the Gospel. And what he means by that is Paul's taught them really simple things. He's taught them that through baptism into Jesus Christ, their sins have been forgiven, they've been filled with the Holy Spirit and they're right with God. He's taught them really basic things and they haven't yet been able to digest that so as to move on to some of the deeper things of the faith. So, they reckon it's about five years between Paul writing and when he first planted the church. So, in five years they haven't grown Now, I have actually heard people come to me and say, I like my Sunday school faith. Now, they're in their 60s and 70s. Sunday school faith is good when you wear in Sunday school. So, Gaylene, if you sent your children to Peace Lutheran College to start off in kindergarten and the next year... Zach came back to you and said, Mum, I'm in kindergarten again, you'd probably say, Okay, son, well, that that might be alright for one year. But if he comes back the following year and says to you, Mum, I'm in kindergarten again, would you be worried? Can you imagine what you would do as a parent if your child was 15 years old and still in kindergarten? What would you do? And what do you do to your teachers? Do you expect your teachers to grow your children in education or not? But when it comes to the Christian faith, leave me alone. Really? So it's okay to send your children to school to grow and to be educated, but when it comes to the Christian faith, there's no need for growth? Is that correct? So, what happens when people make those complaints? I'm a simple Christian. I only want simple teaching. What would you say to them? That's okay when you're a baby, but if you're still asking for that in your 60s and 70s, then something's wrong. In fact, I was in a Bible study once where the group of people in the Bible study kept saying, we are simple Christians. And I said, yes, faith is very simple. And it is, isn't it? Faith is simple. God makes a promise, you just trust in him. Anyhow, we kept going over the term and finally I went through the book of Proverbs and saw the word simple. Now, in the book of Proverbs, do you know what the word simple means? Ha, <laughs> you're a fool. That's what it means. It means to have no knowledge of God. So, don't say, I'm a simple Christian out loud. Say it to yourself and then repent. I need to grow if that's the case. Don't boast in being simple. And so, you can see there, I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk not solid food, for you were not ready for it and even now you are not ready. So, the question is, should they be ready for it? Yes. But even in that, Paul's very affectionate. What are the two words of affection that you see in there? First one is brothers. And the second one is you're still in Christ, even though you're a babe in Christ. For you are still of the flesh, you are of the sinful nature. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a fallen human way? For when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely worldly? So how can Paul tell that they're actually not people of the Spirit? Sorry? Jealousy. Is jealousy a fruit of the Spirit? Is quarrelling a fruit of the Spirit? Is dividing up your pastors into categories and saying, I like this pastor, but I don't like this pastor. Is that from Jesus Christ? Therefore, he says, you are behaving like worldly, foolish, baby Christians. In fact... By looking at Paul and looking at Apollos and also Peter, what were they not listening to? Sorry? Yes, the word of Christ. They were focusing in on their pastors. So rather than listening to the message the pastors were giving them, they were looking at the pastors and they were saying, well, have you seen Paul? Paul's bow-legged. He's got that crooked nose. He's not a trained speaker. Like Apollos. Apollos was the most eloquent preacher of all, by the way. But some said Paul started the church, so we're going to follow him. He was the founder of Trinity Lutheran Church. He must be the best pastor. Some said, no, we're going to follow Apollos because Apollos, he's trained in Greek speech. Have you heard him preach? He's eloquent. And some said, no, Peter is really ordained. He's a part of the Twelve Disciples. He was there in the beginning. So, I'm going to follow Peter. I've actually heard Christians say, I have not grown because of my pastor. Brothers and sisters, the pastor feeds you, but he can't eat for you. Can he? He can't even control what you hear. And Paul... Apollos and Peter are three of the greatest pastors in the history of the world and they have been to this church. So, if we just get the right pastor here, everything will be alright, won't it? If we get the best pastor to Trinity Lutheran Church, we'll be a growing church. I hear that. Three of the best. You've had an old Jew here for several years, one of the best. So, what's the issue? The issue is this, they're looking to the man and the man they're not looking to is the one who died for them on a cross the man they're not looking to, the person they're not looking to is Christ and Him crucified for their sins. So how do you become a people of the Spirit? By hearing this morning that in the name of God the Father, in the name of God the Son, in the name of God the Holy Spirit, all your sins have been forgiven for Christ's sake. What happens when you hear that? Do you know what happens? You get filled and kept full of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that's how easy it is? So if I said to you this morning, God in Jesus Christ is not counting one single sin against you. How do you feel about that? Great. Great. That's how you become a people of the Spirit. You become a people of the Spirit by actually hearing what Luther called the external word. What's the external word? It's the message of Christ and Him crucified for your sins. Don't you dare say Christ and Him crucified for my good works. So at Atherton the other week I said, What do you hear that you have done when you hear this? Christ was crucified for your sins. And I'm going to ask you this. What do you hear that you have done when you hear that message, Christ crucified for your sins? What did you do? You sinned. Christ crucified for your... And so God receives you and accepts you and approves you And says, you're my honoured, precious, righteous child, and you hear that through Christ crucified for your... Now that makes no sense, does it? To the natural fallen man. So God approves you wholly, accepts you wholly, loves you wholly, on the basis of something you have never done. Is that meat or milk? a bit of both really but as you take that in you are being fed by who? Christ himself is feeding you. So let me put it another way. Do you receive the pastor at Holy Communion? Who do you receive at Holy Communion? Christ. So in good Lutheran theology you can't separate word from Sacrament. So what are you receiving in the proclamation of the gospel? The pastor? Jesus Christ. And that's what the Corinthians had not done, and that's why they were fighting and quarrelling. Now this is just for interest's sake, so if you haven't heard anything you can go home with this information. Because I know it's hot. And you shouldn't preach for longer than 15 minutes in churches, especially Lutheran ones. Because that's the new law, the new, the new law which condemns the pastor. In Corinth, if you went out onto the street corner, you would hear philosophers arguing their cases with one another. And they were eloquent, they were trained in speaking. And they would argue and argue and argue and the best philosopher who won the argument would rise to fame. Usually wealth, fame and status. The Corinthians saw Paul and Apollos and Peter the same way they saw the Greek philosophers. So, if you followed Paul, guess where you were going to rise to in the church? To power and to prestige. So, they really saw Christianity as an extension of the culture around them. Do you understand that? We need to be very, very careful that we don't think that Christianity is an extension of the culture around us because it's not. So, you know why that was the problem. So, Christian maturity is this. Rather than receiving the person, you receive the... Message coming through the person. So, Paul says, he who plants, which was him, and the one who waters, which was Apollos, are actually one. So, oops, because I've lost my notes, I need to go on. The sign of a mature Christian or a spiritual people is this. And you can go home with this point. The sign and marker of a spiritual person is not age. Do you understand that? You can be in your 70s and your 80s and be a pest in the church, divisive. The sign of a spiritual and mature Christian is their willingness to receive the gospel message with a thankful heart no matter who delivers it. Providing it is the gospel message, it matters not who delivers it. That's the sign of a mature Christian people. In the Osberg Confessions it says this, and this is on good works. It is only by faith and nothing else that we receive the forgiveness of sins and apprehend it or receive it how do you receive the forgiveness of sins and how do you apprehend it by by faith and by faith alone the holy spirit received through faith comes to the heart and renews the heart and gives the heart new affections and then bring forth then brings forth good works When we receive the radical message of God's forgiveness this morning, in the name of Jesus Christ, the old man, jealousy, quarrelling, fighting, backbiting, all of those things are put to death and a new man is raised up who is filled with the Holy Spirit where we actually then love one another, serve one another and finally, we welcome not one another the way in which Christ the way in which the Father has welcomed us in Jesus Christ. So, Don, how did God the Father welcome you in Jesus Christ? By forgiving your sins. So how are you going to welcome me, Don? How are you going to welcome me? Is that is that that's easy, isn't it? So, how did God welcome you? He welcomes you freely in Jesus Christ through the forgiveness of all of your sins and that's it. So, let's welcome one another in the way that God welcomed us in Jesus Christ. Let's welcome Greg in the way that the Father receives him in Jesus Christ. Let's welcome Greg as a servant. Let's not look at what clothes he's wearing or what colour hair he has. Let's listen to the message he proclaims, and let's not divide him up with Adam or myself who may still lead and preach here because it's not a matter of who's preaching, is it? It's a matter of the message. And so, brothers and sisters, you are equally loved this morning by God the Father in Jesus Christ. You are equally accepted this morning in Jesus Christ. You are equally needed as the body of Christ. Therefore, this morning, I can say to you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, all your sins have been forgiven. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.